Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. My guest today on the A-Game Podcast to round out the Big Ten to end 2021 is Billy Alvaro. If you guys are not familiar with him, definitely check him out. Definitely check out this episode. This was one of my favorite conversations of the year for sure. I've gotten to know him a lot better since this came out. I'm a moron and butchered his name the first time. I got a little nervous talking to him, but man, what an amazing story. Honestly, if you, again, have not heard this, I'm not just saying it because I'm the host, but holy shit, what a great story this guy has. I mean, it's an unbelievable hole he had dug himself into. I mean, $14 million in debt, alcoholic, suicidal, made it all, lost it all, made it all back, better than ever. I mean, great attitude, great energy. You can feel the energy through the interview. He's on Long Island. He's killing deals in the tri-state area. He's got a, a great partner with him. His partner calling him are all over Instagram, all over social media. He's got his new podcast, The Unstoppable Billy Alvaro, and uh, just doing coaching, doing all kinds of things. So the guy's just taking no prisoners and he has come back from something that most people will never understand. And I mean, that's probably a good thing, but the, the tenacity and the mindset and the power to rebuild from something like that and bounce back the way he has is just amazing. So uh, I love this episode. Huge fan of Billy Alvaro. Definitely one of my favorite conversations, and I think you guys are going to love it too. There's a lot to be learned, whether you're in sports, you're in real estate, you're in business, or you just had some down days like some of the rest of us, you know, you're scared to pull the trigger. What if I fail? You know, what if this doesn't work? And just all this insecurities and doubts. I mean, this guy had all the worst case scenarios happen and he just didn't quit. And at the end of the day, that that's really what it all comes down to. So I appreciate him coming on. I appreciate you guys checking this out. As always, Nick, Nick, Nick.com is the website. Nick, Nick, slash links for all the ways to connect with us on social media. And please subscribe to this podcast. Please uh, follow us on social media. It all helps. Please subscribe to the podcast. It all helps for your free checklist on how to bring more value to your buyers, whether you're a wholesaler or real estate agent or broker. Go to nicknicknick.com slash biggerpockets. And last but certainly not least, I want to do real estate with everybody. So please, if you have reached out to me in the past, I apologize for not getting back to everybody. It came in so many different ways. So much stuff gets bounced back. So I have decided to just have people text me. That's really the best way to go right now. So uh, my community number, you can text me directly, 516-540-5733. If you want to have a discussion about how to buy property, sell properties, or partner up with me in 2022 to get your real estate either going, started, or scaled up to bigger and better things, including some small to multi, uh, medium-sized multifamily mobile home parks, text me. Let's talk. If you want to collaborate on podcasts, text me. Let's talk. 516-540-5733. Hope everybody's having a great week. Uh, Shout out to Billy Alvaro for coming on and having an awesome story. Really appreciate it. Enjoy the podcast. Thank you very much. All right. My guest today on the A-Game podcast is the unstoppable Billy Alvaro. Billy has been featured on Kevin Harrington, uh, Inc. 500. He is the president of Max Returns Real Estate Investments. He's the coach at Flip Masters. He is from Easy Sell Property Solutions, as well as the host of the Real Estate Investing Radio. He is a U.S. Air Force veteran, a serial entrepreneur, and a Long Island native. Thank you for your time today, Mr. Billy Alvaro. Thank you for coming on. Boom! You just laid it out there for me, Nick, bro. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot to, to put out, and I appreciate being on your show, bro. The A game. I'm all about A players, and uh, when you and I connected, I think we hit each other on Facebook. Yeah, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and so you know, A players kind of attract and roll with A players, and I was starting to follow you. You started following me, and I'm glad I'm following you on. I'm gonna have you. You're gonna get on my show within the next couple of weeks. I'm gonna have you on and shoot the shit and get into your head how you're gonna get into mine today. I so love that, man. Any, I'm an open book, bro. Whatever you want to ask, <laughs> I'll fucking give it. I'll bring it and I'll just, you know, full transparency. Yeah, I love that. You know, and I've, I've heard you echo that on a lot of the podcasts and the other interviews you've been on on your radio show. Um, but it's interesting because I was at, it might have been a Mark Evans event. I was, I was at some mastermind and um, a guy, Brian Johnson from New York, who's a wholesaler, good guy. 
he came up to me and he was like, dude, he's like, if you're, if you're from Long Island, he's like, you got to look up my dude, Billy Alvaro. And he like sent me over a, a podcast clip that you were on. And I was like, man, I got to look this guy up. And then shortly after that, I went to Hawaii and uh, I was doing some, I was at another mastermind out there, but my buddy raging Al Iaquinta, who's a uh, UFC contender, he's from Long Island and he's a real estate guy too. And we were there and I was like, man, this dude just sent me over this guy, Billy, like we got to link up with this guy. And me and him started <laughs> listening to some of your podcasts and stuff out there. And, oh man. You know, connected, man. So it's cool. So you, you, I definitely been looking out, but your backstory, I'm sure you're, you're probably sick of telling it at this point, but it's just such an incredible, everybody loves a comeback story, you know? So, yeah. and I think it's an important thing because I, you know, I find myself doing it too, that, you know, it was almost easier before I had anything or had anything to lose. Now at right. this point, when you build something and you lose it again, I, and I've heard Mark Evans talk about this, like everybody's just one huge deal away from being broke again, but that whole, like, what would I do? What if I lose everything? And you know, I feel like you you did it and then you bought it back. So at this point, like that is part of what makes you, you know, un the unstoppable guy that you are Absolutely. today. So if you wouldn't mind sharing it, man, I just think it's such an incredible story. Yeah, right. So I don't know how far back you want me to go and you could just lead it down. But I built years back when I had nothing and I was starting from scratch. I had this vision. I wanted to get into, I got accidentally involved with mortgage brokering and it was an accidental story. I was working at a bar and this dude used to come in, Kelly, who's now dead. He was a bookie and he was a Coke dealer. And he was a, even though he was that, he was really a good guy. He just went down the wrong path. I mean, he was into movies when he was young and a couple of films and he just fell in hard times and he did what he had to do. He was a street hustler and he used to come in every night from seven to nine and I'd give him his bottle of beer. I can't remember, Miller, Miller High Life he used to drink. And uh, he just started taking a liking to me. And he's like, look, you gotta do something with yourself. You can't be stuck behind the bar. You're gonna end up like Rick. And Rick was like a 65 year old, he was just in the bar business forever since he's 20. So 45 years of just putting it down. The guy was just a waste away. Nice guy, but just had no, no, like no guidance of where he wanted to go. And so Kelly got me involved. He kept on pressing me. He introduced me to this guy, Robert. Robert was in the mortgage banking business and fast forward. I hooked up with Robert, dedicated myself a year with him, got into the mortgage brokering business, converted over it. Once I realized that I had this innate ability to connect and sell, and I was good with numbers and I understood how to put things together, like shit just started happening in my life. And one thing led to another, this small investment that I put into this business mushroomed into this like billion dollar bank. It was over a billion a year that we were doing. We were doing about a thousand units a month, which is relatively small, honestly speaking, in the, in the mortgage business, the mortgage space. Like I had a conversation with a friend yesterday, the gentleman who lives in Puerto Rico was doing 15,000 units a month. So you know, we were, we were big for a lot of guys, but we were small, relatively speaking, in the size of the, the business that we were in, but still billion dollar business and growing this business had the, the thought that we were going to take it public was going down that road. Things started to shift quickly and I didn't know what I didn't know, but I knew something was wrong and I found out what was wrong way too late. The market was taking a tank and I tried shifting this thing. It was almost like taking the Titanic and trying to shift it in one fell swoop and when you have a company that big with that many tentacles out there, it was like physically impossible to turn this thing around. And when shit hit the fan and it all the dust settled, I came out of this and I realized that I lost everything. I had to shut my business down. I, when I looked around, I realized it was like $14 million in debt. And it was, when I tell you, Nick, like, and it was a bunch of shit that went on. Like, I'm really condensing this story down. You can pick my brain, ask me questions, but it was the absolute most trying thing in my life because for a period of time of about eight years, anything I touched like turned to gold and it felt that way. Like every, I could do no wrong. Every business I get into, it was like making money. And I know it had a lot to do with the market, but I, I allowed, I think, I think one of the, the negatives to being so successful so early and not having a lot of failures and struggles is that you don't realize what the fuck it really takes. And when adversity started hitting and it started hitting hard, I was not equipped. I wasn't prepared. So I really didn't know which way to go. I had the wrong team around me, like the wrong advisors around me. And I'm not blaming anything. I have to take 100% full responsibility for the way the company went, the direction it went, and for the failure of it. I was the guy, I was the CEO. I can't cast blame on anybody. But looking back, I should have did things a lot a lot slower. <laughs> I grew this company way too fast. Sales and marketing outpaced my, my operations. I had a lot of bottlenecks. There was just so many fucking issues that was going on. But when, when she hit the fan and I ended up losing everything, like 
you don't know what you're capable of handling until you're really faced with some really hard shit. And there was a point in, after I lost the business, there was a point where I just went completely dark. I couldn't, at, and I'm not a, a weak guy. I'm a strong dude, like mentally, physically, I consider myself a strong individual, but I broke. Like I got to the point where I literally fucking broke and I couldn't handle the stress that was going on. It was just too much hitting me. I had multiple lawsuits going on at one time. I had fucking people sitting across the street, private investigators follow me and taking pitches. Like I had these sheriffs at my house every day with a different lawsuit. Anything, any, it felt like everything I turned turned to gold Then anything I touched turned to shit. Like anything I did like a three-year period was a disaster. And you get to a certain point where you're like, what the fuck? Like I got to that point where I just wanted to throw in the towel. Like I was worth more dead than alive. I couldn't handle the situation or I thought I couldn't handle the situation because my mind went completely fucking negative and weak. And it was a turning point. It was July 4th, 2009. And you know, this part of the story, it just, it's, it's like, it's ingrained in my head because it was the 4th of July independence day. And I was on the couch, completely blown out, drunk, you know, 11 o'clock in the morning. And I was having a conversation with uh, my wife at the time. And, you know, it just, I, I realized that what was holding me back was not the situation. It was the fact that my mind went negative and I went completely weak. And I had absolutely, I was coming from a fear-based position instead of a strength-based position, instead of looking at everything and realizing everything I've learned. Like I, I got a Harvard education without going to Harvard by growing this business to the mammoth size I did and then losing it. Like I am the most educated guy when it comes into the space of designing, growing, building and systematizing business because I fucking failed miserably. I then July 4th, I took, I got my head straight. I realized that I was coming from a, a place of fear and it was at that day with no money, no credit, no job, no, no nothing and $14 million in debt looming over my fucking head that I said, I'm gonna get into the real estate investing space, not knowing how, but I knew what. And that's the key thing. You, I didn't know how in the fuck I was gonna do this. I had no clue, but I made a decision, like a hardcore decision that day. I'm done with the drugs. I'm done with the booze. If I don't fucking change my life, me inside my head, if I don't get myself going in the right direction, I'm gonna be a fuck, I'm gonna be dead on the street. I just can't take it. So I just got myself clear. I got focused. I got completely motivated. But still, it was a long uphill battle. It wasn't like I got clear and I said, this is what I'm going to do. And it was really easy. And I started doing it. Like I had, I was getting knocked down for a good solid three years after July 4th, 2009, when I made the decision to get into this business, I still faced adversity. I still had the lawsuits I had to, I had to deal with. I still had bankruptcy that I had to deal with. Like I had a lot of shit as I'm dealing with the crap here. I needed to compartmentalize it in my head and say, okay, when it's time to deal with it, I will pop it out of my head, deal with it at that moment. But when I go ha have to go in the work mode and start building, I need to completely shut down, put it to the side and put my work zone on. And it took a lot of time and conditioning for me to get my brain to understand how to compartmentalize and act. But I got to tell you, it's liberating when you're able to get your mind in a position where you can literally shut down certain things. They don't go away, but you kind of put them in the box and you stuff them in the back of your head. And then when you need them, you kind of tap them forward and you're like, all right, I'm in the mode. I got to deal with the shit now. And I would deal with the shit at night, two, three, four hours. I mean, I got to the point, Nick, where I had, it was probably $48,000 a month in total with all these different law firms they would charge me. And I just couldn't afford to pay it. I'm like, I can't keep paying to get nothing done. And so I was like, fuck this. I fired all the, the law firms. I bought a course online. We were talking before the, uh, the thing here about information marketing and coaching. I bought a course online called Jurisdictionary, how to represent yourself in court and win. I studied it, bro, sick. Studied it, went on the Craigslist, put an ad out, hired a paralegal. I said, you write the briefs. I will go to court because I, I can't do this anymore and I'll fight. And that, when I started making that decision, I started fighting. I started having these little wins. I started building momentum to get myself to the next level. And I don't know. I could keep talking and go, I'll go in a million different circles. So you and I could just go back and forth. Cause I'll just, I'll talk for two hours and you'll be like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> I love it, man. I love the energy and the, uh, you know, some of the things there that I, you know, I, I, I had a, a, a pretty life altering injury. And I think exactly what you said that when you make the decision to look for something and then you find some sort of hope to me, that's always been 
the biggest, the biggest motivator. I feel like everybody just needs a little bit of hope and just that one win every day to build to get you out of bed the next day and then out of bed the next day and then out yeah. of bed the next day is such a huge thing. And uh, you know, a couple of the things that I wanted to touch on there is one, a lot of the people that I've dealt with in my life and a lot of the other investors I've talked to have dealt with their life is especially when things have gone bad, their friends and family go, you're never going to do that again, right? No, I don't support you. We're not getting back into this. But your story is that your wife actually told you to get off your ass and go do it again. I think that that's a very different tale than most people. Have you always had a lot of support from the, your inner circle? You know, um, I yeah, my mom and dad, big believers in me. And it's kind of a double-edged sword with my immediate family because hardworking, middle-class family, blue-collar, like, you know, go to school, graduate, get a job, good retirement benefits. So they would tell me, you can do whatever you want, but you could do it on the side, become a police officer, get a job with retirement, get a job with benefits. So I, as a kid, man, I'm just selling fireworks at fucking seven years old. I was buying mats of firecrackers at nine, breaking them up and selling them for 50 cents a pack. I've always had this like innate ability to sell, to connect, to make things happen. But my home life, do whatever you want on the side, but get a regular job. So I was kind of torn. And I, from, from high school to like 23 years old, I tried 25 years old. I tried so many different things to get a job. And I'm not, I realized I'm not fucking employable. Like I can't work for anybody. And it's not that there's anything wrong with it. It's just, I'm not built that way. I need to be free, creative and make shit happen. But listen, I, I've had a lot of good support. I've also had a lot of people in my life who just, they just didn't believe. They said, you're crazy. You're a dreamer. There's no way you can do this. You're out of your fucking mind. How many deals are you going to do this year? And, you know, when I, when I got started in the mortgage banking, the mortgage brokering business, and I, I was do, ran on my own and started doing this, I had people just laughing their ass off saying that I was a dreamer. It's never going to happen. And I don't ever allow that shit to affect me. I don't give a flying fuck what people think about me. I don't care if they fucking put me down, if they have something to say. It doesn't matter what people think. The only thing that matters is what's in my head, what I'm telling myself on a daily basis on how I'm going to drive myself forward there's going to be naysayers out there. And a lot of people, you know, a lot of people, whether you have a good inner circle, you have people around you in the outer circle that are just like, fuck Nick, he's not going to do it. Fuck Billy. He's never going to be able to make it happen. To me, I don't give a rat's ass what people say or think. It doesn't have any effect. But a lot of guys out there that get into any type of business or that want to pursue their dream, they actually allow other people's thoughts and other people's opinions about what they can do to hamper them and to fucking kill their dream. And that is the absolute worst thing you can do. You have a dream, you have a goal, you have a desire. It's your life. You do what you want to do. Fuck what other people think. Don't matter. It's your life. You're here as Nick. I'm here as Billy. One fucking time. I got one run as me. Not coming back as me. I'm going to die one day and I want to leave a fucking legacy, man. I don't care what people think. I love that, man. And you know, it's it's interesting because once you're on this wheel of entrepreneurship and you're on this roller coaster. I think I heard you say on another interview that that somebody in your family was like, you know what, why don't you just go get a job? But I feel like when you're first starting out, maybe that's an option. But the thing about real estate that I think will always keep me in the game is no matter what happens, you can't now all of a sudden go, man, I messed up. I got to go get a job to pay back this $14 million debt. That I, like no $35,000 fucking job is ever going to, you know what I mean? Like you just don't have a choice but to be like, man, I got to knock out some deals. It's the only thing I know that you can go in and literally like nail out six figure debt in like 30 days, you know, it's, yeah. it's amazing. It's, it's funny you brought that up because it was, it was my mom and I love her dearly and she meant well, you know, she just, is, she saw me lose everything and she's like, honey, I can get you a job with the town. And I'm, and I'm like, in my head, I go, she has no clue what we're, what I'm facing right now. And it's, she meant well, I love her to death, man. She meant well, but you can't, it's, uh, it's an impossibility to be where we're at and then go through that for me at least. And I think you have the same personality to be knocked down like that and then go get a job. Like that was not even an option for me, but I got to tell you in the three years when I lost everything, I actually did get a job and I got a job at another mortgage brokerage company or a bank rather. And it was the most embarrassing. I had no choice. I had no money coming in. I didn't know which way to turn. And pitching me now, CEO of a bank that everybody fucking knew, and now I'm blown out. And now I have to go, I'm like begging to just work somewhere because I knew I could produce loans. I was begging and I was considered toxic because I lost everything. Like, oh man, 
I don't know what's, how this thing's going to shake out. So we can't take you. And I finally found a company that took me in and it was the most embarrassing fucking thing I had to deal with. Here it was nine months earlier, a year earlier, CEO. Now I'm in a desk, not even in a fucking office, in a hallway on the phone. This, this is disgusting, horrible. This is, but you have to do what you have to do in order to make a dollar in order to get things going. I'm on the phone in the hallway, like, and guys that were there were just ranking on me because they knew what the situation was like. Ah, this guy's a loser. Look at me. Now he's, he's a sales guy like us. And he has no office he's in the fucking hallway. And I remember sitting there, it was like three weeks. My friend Brian and I were working there and I had somebody walk in the door and they, uh, they were, I was in the middle of a sales pitch and they started tapping on my shoulder because I'm in the fucking hallway. And I just remember flipping out. I put the person on hold. I go, motherfucker, I'm on the phone. And I remember losing it for a split second. And I go, you know what? This ain't me. I can't, I can't do this. And I hung up and I left. And that's when I made, I'm like, I got to start doing something. I made my decision. I got to start getting back into this whole business thing. But it took me time, man. It took me a long time to get my head out of my ass. You know, I, I first off gives you tons of credibility for doing that because I think really what I have found over the years is when things are good, everybody talks the talk, everybody's, you know, everybody looks great when things are great. But when I start to see things go bad, that's when you really see what people are made of. And most people yeah. wouldn't do what you do. And as much as people are up there on Instagram preaching, like you do whatever it takes, they don't. And you did. And I think that that's a really good thing. And that that's really what it takes at the end of the day is like when somebody says, I'm going to do whatever it takes to be successful and achieve my goals. You have lived that over and over again and you, you walk that walk. So I just think that that's huge. And uh, I appreciate obviously that. I'm, I'm sorry you went through that, but I got to assume that that's part I'm of it. So yeah. I'm not sorry. I went through it, dude. I, I am where I am. I am who I am because of every single experience that I've been through. And you know, you, you say whatever it takes, that is the mantra inside our business, our sales organization, every single morning, 855, they have a huddle, they have a zoom call. And part of it, they go through the KPIs, who's got what, how many contracts did you get? It's a 15-minute call, nine, eight, uh, six guys just going through their shit. And then at the end, whoever had the best day before, they kick it off and they scream. They scream to the group, what are you going to do? And everybody in unison, three times, whatever it takes. And I got them doing this for a reason because I live that mantra on the daily. And I want to bring my belief system and penetrate it through the whole entire organization and you, know, I got to tell you, the guys and girls in the office, they believe in it. They see it because it's energy, dude. Like, you know, when you are on the phone and everybody's yelling, what are you going to do? Whatever it takes three times and the energy levels through the roof, you get off. And for a while, you like believe I can do whatever it takes and sales happen. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, whatever it takes, because that's my thing. That's awesome, man. I actually can feel that when you said it, like it, your energy is infectious for sure. And I could see you having a really great working environment like that, which, you know, I definitely want to touch on. but. Going down the, the rabbit hole of mindset is one of those things, especially, you know, I have this conversation a lot because especially when I've done teaching and people get in there, there's always the sharks in the room that go like, oh, he's talking about that mindset shit again and they're rolling their eyes. That's when they want to take the bathroom break. But all the most successful people I know, when people hammer them on it, they go, look, you want a checklist of what to do. I'll give you a checklist of what, but you're not going to do shit with it because your mind's not right. Yep. And I think people starting out tend to discount that. They don't think it's the meat and potatoes and the people that have gotten to the next level in anything, whether it's fighting or real estate or, or whatever. I think they realize now that the mind is the most important thing to nurture and to take care of. And I know you're a big mindset guy, you do meditation and all that. What was it like trying to shift that? Like, how did you deal with that when you were in that downtime? And I know since then, I definitely wanted to talk because one thing I've heard you say in numerous interviews that I think is fucking awesome is every six months, you put something positive into your life and eliminate something negative. So yeah. I'd just like to hear a little bit about how you've trained your mind to be so positive. Yeah, so it's, you, you hit the key word, it's trained. It's just like you fighting. You need to train on a daily basis on what, at whatever it is you're trying to accomplish, it needs to be part of your daily regimen. So with working out, you're not going to go to the gym one time and, and get biceps. It's just not going to happen. You're not going to do curls once and be like, I'm good. Or do curls once a month and be like, I'm fit. You know, it just doesn't happen like that. So consistency in everything is the fucking key. And like I and we'll get into it, but I literally brainwash myself every morning. It's a 90 minute to a two hour regimen and I'm sick and I know it. I'm, I'm sick, not in a bad way. I am obsessed with making sure that my mind stays clear, focused and 100% unstoppable because if not, I know me and I know I can go south easy and those weeds get out of control. But um, 
the first part of your question was, what do I do? Because I, I can get all over the place. No, what just, just to, stay, to stay positive. I know it, that was a time in your life where you could easily spiral out of control. So and you back then, so back then when positive. I, okay, so back yeah. then when I was coming out of this shit. So, you know, there's, there's literally two different frames of thought when it comes down to getting your mind clear. First of all, mindset, you, you were hitting on it. It's not like one of the things, it is the thing. It's the thing. You have to have this belief in your head in whatever you're going to do in life. You have to be 100 fucking percent certain, certain. You have to believe it, see it, understand it. It might not be happening here today, but if you have that vision and that thought of being the champ or being having a multi-billion dollar company, whatever it is, and you don't just believe it and see it, but then you're doing the actions daily to get you there. You're not just a dreamer. You're an actual doer. You see it. Mindset is the most important, bar, bar none, anything. Without this, you're fucking shot. You have to have a clear mind. It's got to be focused. When I lost the business and when I was in a world of shit and I went from here to here like that, and there's two things I speak about today that got me through it. So there's, there's one belief system that I have, which is called MFA, massive fucking action. And it's impossible, I think, to start taking massive fucking action when you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and you just don't know which way to turn. It's very easy to say, oh, just get your head straight and take massive fucking action. How, how I have, I have like anybody who's out there who's dealing with stress or struggle or they just lost a loved one or they have, you know, they lost their home to foreclosure. They're living out of their car. Like how in the fuck do I take MFA? It's an impossibility, but you can get there. How? It's small, consistent wins. So for me, dude, as sick as this sounds, just getting out of the bed and taking a shower, to me, I consider that a win because I was fucking embarrassed to say I was on my couch for a week and a half, two weeks, not even showered because I didn't have my fucking head straight. So picture this. You're at the top. You lose everything. You can't get out of your own way. You know you have to do something. You don't – I didn't even know which way to move, dude. Like I, I couldn't even make a fucking decision because I was so fucked in my head. I was like that – that deer in the headlights where I was just like stuck and I couldn't move. I didn't know which way to go. And I realized once that July 4th happened, in order for me to do anything, I, it's not going to happen overnight. It's not, I'm going to wake up and be this dude behind me, Superman, where I'm flying around. Everything is great. I needed to start realizing for me to get to the next level, I needed to do small wins. And those small wins compounded daily, not inconsistently, but compounded daily, you start to gain momentum. And all of a sudden that momentum happens and then things start happening. So those small wins turn into some medium chunks that you start getting done. A bigger win, which for me was I got rid of a $4.8 million case. Like I got it killed. I went to court on my own and I'm like, fuck, I had these small little wins. And then I went, I had this one larger one. And all of a sudden that wind starts to pick you up and you start to realize, like you start to believe I could do this. You've been telling yourself you can do it. You've been brainwashing yourself that you can do it. But all of a sudden, when you start seeing the results, you fucking know you can do this. And that's when that, that momentum starts to happen. And you start to like come into this groove where you're like, yo, I'm going to do it. And you, you keep getting hit. You keep getting knocked down. But with each hit, you realize it's part of the game. I am going to fucking fail. And I'm going to keep failing fucking forward. And there's nothing that is going to stop me. I'm going to learn. I'm going to correct course. And I'm going to go. And then all of a sudden, Nick, magic happens these small wins the, the fucking sail underneath your wings all of a sudden it becomes into like serious momentum where it's you can literally take massive fucking action because everything's working with you like everything is working with you but it starts it starts here dude and like i i don't care what you're doing in life if you don't have this straight and you man people People laugh still at some of the things I do and they laugh at the whole mindset thing when you, you said when you go to these some of these sessions, but it's the most important thing. Like I can't stress it enough. I don't know how else to put it across. If you don't, if you're in a, a world of shit, small wins. If you start getting those small wins momentum, start doing some bigger things. Realize that this thing right here is in control. If you don't control it, it's going to control you. And I got to tell you, self-limiting beliefs, self-doubt, self-talk. I did a thing years back when it, before I even had the mortgage company or, or it might have even been like the first six months to a year of the mortgage company. can't remember the exact dates. But I went, it was an Anthony Robbins course. And they were talking about the mindset, limiting beliefs and all this other shit. 
and there was a, there was a a simple little uh, test that they wanted us to do a process. They said if you want to see what your mind is thinking on a daily basis, it's a very simple thing. Take a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Take a, le- a yellow legal pad. On one side, right, s- serves me. On the other side, right, negative self-limiting beliefs. And whenever you have, and listen, all day long, we have, we have thoughts. I'm literally running around with a fucking a yellow pad, running out all day long. But what I realized, and it only took me six hours, what I realized is like 90% of the shit that I was thinking way back with self-limiting beliefs. I wanted to do things, but internally, that little fucking voice in the back of your head, that thing that nobody hears, but you hear it, it was questions, fear-based. I don't know if I can. And once I fucking figured this out, and I was 23, 4, 5, somewhere around there, once I figured that out, and I'm like, holy shit, I'm saying this out loud, but internally, I'm not believing it. Like, I'm misaligned. Shit's not fucking connecting. And when you start connecting these dots and you start realizing that those little small thoughts in the back of your head are really fucking killing your dreams from coming true, and you then have a process to take that thought and to insert it with something completely positive, which is like with me, it's incantations. Like I got to a point, I'm going all over the place and I'm sorry, but I, I love it, man. I love it. Dude, dude, I got to a point where I literally realized that if I, I had all these negative fucking self-limiting shit that's going on in my head that I needed, I needed to, I needed to brainwash myself. I fucking took back in the day, it was, a, it was an eight, it was a, uh, a cassette tape. And I literally would record myself before I even knew any of this shit. I was recording myself for a half hour of positive shit that I was telling myself. I would put them on and I would go to sleep at night. Sick. People thought it was nuts, but that shit works. It fucking works because if I didn't do that, my own mind was like going down this, this hamster wheel. I don't know. It's just, I get all fucking crazy. I get very passionate with this shit. dude. <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it shows that you believe it. And I mean, you live it. So people can't argue with the fact that you know, the results speak for themselves. You know, and I, I think most people would have thrown in the towel at a fraction of what you dealt with and you didn't, you know, so most people have never done what you've done on the high side or the low side. So if the mindset is what helped you get through that, people could ignore that, but they'd be making a massive mistake. You know, it's I believe so. the same thing, man, with like the, you know, I trained with Matt Serrat in Long Island and he, yep. he's got a thing on his wall in his jiu-jitsu gym and it just says a, a black belt is just a white belt who never quit exactly like you said you know you, you go in there you just start going you get your ass kicked you come back the next day and you go i'm not going to get my ass kicked as bad today or the same way today and you know like you said those small victories i think play just a massive thing in it man so i agree a thousand percent and you actually sold me on the uh i've always wanted to take the tony robbins thing it's another thing that's so crazy because as much as people are like ah mindset the most popular instagram accounts are freaking mindset guys and then these tony robbins events sell out all over the world so as much yep. as people say they don't need it everybody does and that's proof but i guess he's doing uh one in november virtually and i'm, I'm gonna finally do it because i heard you talking about how good it was yeah i've gone to four and i have to tell you they are if if you go in with the right mindset they are life changing it's, awesome. you just have to you're you're a guy who applies i can see that you just apply what he teaches the technologies and the processes and the systems and you're gonna have major shifts like anything you put your mind to he's gonna give you a shortcut to get there. And I don't believe in shortcuts, but I, I believe in a system to me is a shortcut because you're learning from somebody else's mistakes, system, whatever. So, you know, just enjoy it, bro, because it is life-changing. Nice, man. I'm going to, I'm going to check it out. So touching on the, the exciting part now, let's talk about the comeback story because where you are now is an unbelievable feat in itself, especially coming from where you were at one point. So talk about where you are now. Give us some humble brags about your business. Yeah. So uh, fast forward 2009, I made the decision to do this. I struggled for, you know, two and a half, three years of really putting this business together and getting it to where it needs to be. Mistake wise that I did in global when I had that mortgage company is I didn't systematize it the way and people talk about it work on your business, not in your business. And I have to tell you, it, it's, there's a lot of truth to it because if you systematize your business the way you want it done, it's really, de- it's not people dependent, it's system dependent. All you need is the quality person to plug in, but then they're plugged into a system that's kind of running with them and for them. So I spent a lot of time building this business brick by brick, and it's still not done. It's here we are 12 years later, and I'm not sitting back saying, hey, it's all done and it's great. I always want to get to the next level, and I always want to build, but 
you know, we have a company now that we, after the pandemic hit, we went 100% virtual. I never thought I'd have a virtual company ever. I've always been a proponent of leaving my fucking house, going to the office and like putting my work hat on and, and making shit happen. But pandemic hit and it was like life changing because everybody in the office, they have more time, more freedom. They're connected with their family more, more productivity. And so we have now 11 people in the New York area that are working from home. We have four out of the country that do a lot of cold calling and texting and emailing for us. We have two here in New Jersey, and it's a it's a business that um, it's cranking when it comes down to fix and flips. We have a decent sized rental portfolio. We have three or four three different um, development projects that we're doing right now. We have a 50 unit in Patchogue. We have a 36 unit in Northport. We have some commercial space. We have a property up uh, upstate New York that we're redeveloping. It's just you know, it's, it's a great way to live. And for, for like two and a half, three years, the last before the pandemic, I was kind of like, I'm not even embarrassed to say, but I was like chilling out. I was working 10, 15 hours a week. I wasn't killing myself because shit was like humming. It was working. And then when pandemic hit, I said, you know what I want, people want to contract and I did for a little, but now I want to expand. So I'm like, I haven't worked this hard in like four years, like I'm running 15, 16 hour days. Like I'm nonstop. That's why I put that executive ad out. Like I'm looking for an assistant now. Like I'm back in the swing to make shit happen. Cause I want, I see where I want to be in the next 10 years. I, I know the amount of units that I want to have under management in the next 10 years. And I've been speaking with one of my financial coaches. We're going through the whole thing just last, just two days ago. And we did our 10 year plan, the five year plan, the three year, the one year, and what's going to happen in this next quarter. And I got to tell you, man, it's like, Anything you put your mind to, you can do. And I'm excited about what these next 10 years are going to bring. And I just, I'm bringing everything to it. And I'm not sitting back for the next 10. Like I sat for three years and enjoyed myself. <laughs> I'm good. And I'm, I'm, in, I'm working hard, but I'm enjoying it. Like this dude, like this is not work. Like this, come on, this shit's not work. It's, it's a passion. It's not, it's not, I don't hate what I do every single day. So yeah, man, business is good. Business is booming. I have a really solid team of people inside easy sell property solutions. And I'm putting together this whole, I put together this whole funnel where we're going to start raising a shit ton of money. Cause I know the foreclosure markets down the pipe. It's going to be happening within the next 12 months. There's going to be a ton of opportunities on the market. I don't want to be at the backing mercy of these investors, these lenders who are going to charge me, you know, 10 and two and payments. Like the fund's going to be set up $10 million. We're going to have the money to start rolling these things. I'm probably going to minimize the amount of deals we do wholesale there's going to be more deals in the market. So it's going to be a real fix and flip type environment, I think. Uh, but dude, I'm psyched, man. It's just like things are good. And don't get me wrong. There's issues every day. There's problems every day. There's challenges every fucking day. But that's life. Like that's part of the game, dude. Part of the game. You know, you're fighting. You get knocked down. You got to get the fuck up. Like you get knocked down. Get up. Get up, man. That's it. Yeah, 100%. And, and I agree with that. I've heard you say this too, but people in your life that are constantly like, oh, this is wrong, that's wrong, this didn't work, that didn't It's like, man, when everything's not working and everything's a problem, maybe it's not everything, maybe it's you, maybe it's the way you're looking at things. And I've always said from the beginning, like, if you want to be an entrepreneur, it doesn't mean that everything's rainbows and sunshine. It means that you take a, a positive look at things and you figure out how to be solution-based. And if you can be solution-based, when people get into real estate and they're like, oh, man, like this seller's mad, this lender, this, that. I'm like, yeah, that's what you signed up for. That's yeah. what this business is. This business is you get paid a lot of money to handle other people's problems. So if you're not solution-based, you should go find something else to do. But, but it's like you said, man, you got to embrace it because that's literally what we do every day is address other people's problems and fix problems in our business. So if you're complaining about that or you're not into that or you don't want to deal with that, you should find something else to do. That's why we get paid so much. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, bro. And I'm glad you said that because I think – no matter what in life, there's no problems. There's only solutions. I don't, I don't look at what's the problem. I'm looking, all right, here's the issue. How do we fix it? <laughs> what my mind automatically goes, Mr. Fix it. How do we get this done? We'll address how to not make it happen again in the future by putting in a process or a workflow or a different checklist, but let's first figure out how to solve it and then figure out how it doesn't happen again. I don't harp on, on challenges or problems or issues or fuck. I have no time for that shit, man. Yeah. I, I think you know, I don't think any A player that you're going to interview has time for that shit. Like they're just going to be solving the fucking problem, cutting it. What's next? Like I'm always like, what's next? We have our Wednesday meeting in the in the office. Now it's virtual. 
And it's literally like a nine and a half, uh, nine and a half. It's literally like a three and a half to four hour meeting from nine o'clock until like 1231. And we're covering sales. We're covering operations. We're covering finance, rentals, rehabs. And I know what my game plan is there, not just to sit in a meeting, but I'm just looking for where are the problems that people on the call, because they're all good people, but I just have so much fucking experience. Like I can solve a problem usually like this, that might take somebody two weeks back and forth and the deal might blow up. All I do on that call, I might be on there for three and a half hours, but really 15 minutes of my time is spent on four deals that I identified, fix the problem, give direction, move on to the next thing. So it's like, you got to have that, that mindset. You have to have that innate ability. You have to be a problem solver in anything you do. You got to solve problems, man. Can't thousand percent agree. Yeah, man. And I, I, I'm a big believer that a bad decision is better than indecision. Indecision is the killer at the end of the day. So when people just stop on the tracks and look and wait, yep. know, nothing good happens there, you know? And, um, when you're, you're talking about your different strategies, but what's your main marketing tools right now? It sounded like you're doing a little bit of everything. You got cold calling, you're doing like direct mail, SMS, RVMs. What are you guys yeah. doing in leads? So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you pre-COVID COVID and what we're doing now. So pre-COVID we were doing everything. We had TV, we had radio, we had text blasting, email. Uh, we were doing a shit. I think we we're up to about a hundred thousand mail pieces, 110,000 mail pieces a month, like a lot of everything COVID hit. I went into war zone mode. Like I knew last time around when shit hit the fan, I didn't act quick enough. Again, lessons learned. So this time I locked myself in the office. I spent two days, looked at the PL, top line to bottom line, highest expense to lowest expense, cut fucking $72,000 a month, like quick. Cause I didn't know what was going to happen with this pandemic. I'm like, I ain't spending because people aren't going to be selling yet. So I cut, I put a freeze. I said, let's just see how this thing pans out. So I wanted to just make sure everything was stabilized stopped a hundred percent of marketing we didn't do nick any marketing at all for 60 days i said you guys just call the leads we have there's nothing going to go on after 60 days we started seeing it started opening up a little bit and i got to tell you i still told my guys i'm not going to market we have thousands of leads in the database that we have in there for the last couple of years they're closing deals now still from two three and four years ago that have been in our database and their tickets like i'm talking $80,000 wholesale fee, $65,000 wholesale fee from two, three, four years ago. So follow-up is, is in the leads. Now we're doing very small mailers. I'm still not mailing that much because the mail responses I'm testing, it's still very tight. You know, I'm in, I'm in a couple of groups, Collective Genius, one of them. They had just had a post last night. Who's feeling the squeeze with direct mail? Like, yo, you can't really make it work when you're getting a 0.25% rate response rate. It's just, it's not feasible to make the deals make money. I think after the election, I think that's going to free up a little bit. So I'm, I'm going to be testing a lot after the election, but we're doing heavy email, heavy text blasting, heavy cold calling, mining our own database. And we're doing a uh, very little direct mail. And that's it, dude. I'm not, I'm not going back to where it was where I'm putting out a hundred thousand dollars a month in marketing. I'm just not going to do it. Cause I don't see for the next couple of months it panning out. When the market shifts, like the market's hot right now. You're, you're a Long Island guy. There's, the market is super hot because there's no inventory. And it's very hard to get inventory right now. So we're just mining, man. We're mining. We're, we're still doing deals, eight, nine deals a month from 15, 16, 18, 20 deals a month. It's a big hit. But we also whack the shit out of our overhead. And I know, you know, it's like this. It's, it's always an ebb and flow. And I'm being strategic and smart with the way we market. I'm not just going balls to the wall, slapping a bunch of shit against the wall and see what sticks like not happening. It's all about dollar invested, dollar returned. We analyze if it, we're not getting a return on our marketing dollars. We try to figure out why if it's still not working, we cut that shit quick. Like Google for us, dude, I was, I was killing it with Google. I was doing eight times my investment with Google at one point. It started going down the toilet eight times, six times, three times. All of a sudden it's like two times I put in 10,000, I get back 20,000. Then it's like, it's dollar for dollar. I go, it's over. The game is over. It's, it's costing way too much to do Google. It will come back like it always does, but you have to move where the marketing is working. So I advise people, if you're going to get into this business, you have to have a marketing, one marketing process that you want to put in. For me, when I got started, it was door knocking and it was cold calling. Those were the two that I did that I just killed it. And it was really the cold calling was the vacant houses. The door knocking was the distressed properties. It was foreclosures. And I made a shit ton. That's how I got myself out of the hole into this business and started cranking out deals. And it's like, we still do that. We have a killer system 
for the stress properties, cold calling, and for the vacant properties, I don't think like any other. We just, we knock it out of the park. I love it, man. You know, at the end of the day, it's, it's really being flexible. I think people go, well, what's working? It's like every month that might be something different. Like you have to test things. You have to track KPIs. You have to look at what you're getting on your return and how it's shifting around. And I love talking to guys that have been around because there's a lot of people that got into this game when it was great but I yeah. like talking to people that were in before because they're the guys that go, oh crap, something's happening again. I'm going to yeah. hunker down and I'm going to look at my business model and I'm going to strategically move and shake. You don't stop. You don't just roll over and go belly up. You no. make calculated business decisions on when to go light, when to go lean. But if you don't exactly. have those metrics, you don't have the data, you don't even know where to adjust. So I think that stuff's awesome. And one of the things you talked about was having key people. I think, uh, I don't want to quote you out of hand on it, but you were saying you're like, you never throw people at problems. You throw procedures at problems. And I think, I think you said that, I don't know if you still do, but you, for at least a long time, had your first three hires you've ever, you've ever hired into your business. Do you still yeah. have them? Yeah. So pan, uh, pandemic hit. The first one that I hired 11 years ago, she actually left. She went to a, a title company, left on good terms, but she was with me for 11 years. The way in which I hire is like, it's different. And, you know, I'm putting out executive administrative ads to me right now, my right arm. And if you look at the way, and I think you did look at it because you forwarded me over some, if you look at the way I market to get somebody in, we do that for sales. We do that for our bookkeeper position, my administrator position, transaction coordinator. If you look like every other ad out there and you just have people shotgun your resume to you, you business owner or manager, you have to sift through a hundred or 200 different fucking resumes in order to find that person. What I do is I allow them to pull themselves out of even being running for a candidate because if they can't follow instructions, specifically now I'm talking either bookkeeping or administrative, not sales. Sales is really a phone thing. I want them to call and sell me. But like I had a hundred, I think to date now, it's been running for about a week and a half. It's about 150 or 160 different applications that have come in for the executive position. Nice. And only... You know, only 12 people follow the process that I had. So I already cut out all the bullshit from the people that they might have been good. But if you can't follow directions in the beginning, I'm not going to even bother interviewing you, you know. And then from there, after they do the, the, the 12, they have to go through a personality profile test and they have to get interviewed by me for 10 minutes. Then it goes to a professional interviewer that I have that I outsource to. He grills the shit out of them. From there, if they pass those two, then it comes back to me for another 45 minute face to face over over zoom but listen hiring is the most important thing if you're going to do it just like with marketing nick you got to really put a lot of effort into it you can't look like everybody else and you really have to be specific and clear on the individual that you want to bring into your business who are they what are their qualifications what do you want them to do and what's the personality going to be like you have to have that that match specific for the position you can't just fucking hire to hire and throw a body in it you, you're going to lose it costs too much time and money to bring somebody in thousand percent agree and we, we were talking about that earlier before we started to get on there but putting those right people in place like i i, I don't know if you know scott hannis is but he was giving a price tag for what it actually costs you as a business for what you lose on the turnover of people like executive assistants or sales guys that are put in right or trained right or hire right or yep. you know even in business even when you you make it as a basic breakdown as tenants when you're looking at even multi-unit buildings that are guys are going well occupancy where it keeps going up my my um my turnover keeps going and going and going it's like yeah because you're not screening the tenants right you're not putting the right people in there from the beginning so yep. slow down and be be more you know deliberate be yeah. more deliberate what you're doing man and and have a process like everything I'm not a process by nature. I'm just not a process oriented individual. I'm a sales and marketing guy, but I realized that having the proper process flow is important, dude, because it just drives everything. If you have procedures in place and a, and a specific process that people have to jump through, or, you know, as tenants go through, get screened as, and you have somebody actually following it inside to make sure they're meeting all this criteria and they're jumping through the right hoops. You're going to, you're going to be in a better position. You're going to have a very small percentage of those who are going to go through. Cause you're always going to have somebody that squeaks through, but you're going to be weeding out all the crap. And that's the purpose of it. And you know, systems just like McDonald's it's, it's run by 16 year olds for Christ's sake. <laughs> it's a system. 
Yeah, I love it. So I'm a big believer in balance. And it's one of the, the biggest things that I look at when I talk to guys that are entrepreneurs that are doing a lot of stuff is how do you find the balance in there? And, and I like that you're always, you post a lot of great stuff. You know, obviously I'll give you a chance to plug your Instagram and everything, but you play, you post a lot of good content, but I see that you're also very passionate about keeping your body and your health and all that in there as well. And I think at one point, I don't know what you're up to now, but I think you had dropped like 35 pounds and you've obviously put on a ton of muscle. You look like you're in great shape. Thank um, you. What are you doing as far as finding that balance and the importance of keeping your your body healthy, transitioning into keeping your business and your mind healthy. Yeah. So I, for me and everybody's different, there's some guys who like nights, I'm a morning person. So I get up anywhere between four and five o'clock. My body just naturally gets up. There's no alarm. It sleeps for five hours, sometimes five and a half, sometimes four. I, I wear my, where I'm, I'm charging it right now. I wear my aura ring. So I literally track how deep I am with my deep sleep, how my REM sleep is. If my HRV is good. I know if my HRV is getting a little Oh, let me just shut this off here. If my HRV is getting a little um, low, I know my body needs time to um, my body needs time to repair itself. And so I'm monitoring, measuring everything. But I wake up super early, and the first thing I do in the morning, it's it's all about my mindset. So I'd have a two different visualization pieces that I go through. I have a meditation piece that I go through in the shower for ten minutes. I'm sick. I have this thing, and I, I actually have incantations that. I've recorded that in the shower, the whole house thinks I'm nuts, but I do that for 10 minutes. I do my stretching because my body has to be, you know, I just need to stretch my back, everything else. So I stretch for about 10 minutes. I do my morning process to get my whole business going. So I know all my tasks that have to get done, all the projects that are allotted. And I'm, I have three different books that I, I have my task book, my notebook, and then my, my calendar, daily ritual, gratitude, and everything else. And then I go downstairs, I have a cup of coffee, I'm downstairs, I do a half hour to 40 minutes of one to two body parts. And then I'm like a half hour to an hour, depending on what day it is, on the Peloton. And I kick ass with that, I run up, I have my breakfast. And like that whole process is like three hours, like two and a half to three hours, depending on what I do. And, and I'm not perfect. I don't do every single thing every single day, five days a week though. I might, one day I might skip the gym but I'll do all my mental stuff because I have an appointment to go to and I just, I have to beat it by seven. And so, but I don't beat myself up when I was younger. I used to beat myself up. If I missed a day of everything, I used to put too much pressure on. You can't live, you can't be so rigid that you have no flexibility because life happens, man. Like shit happens. You know, sometimes your body needs a break from working out. You got to take it. Sometimes your body needs a break, just a mental break and be like, yo, look, this morning, I'm not going to do all my visualizations. I'm just going to chill out, but I make it a point to hit at least five but I'm very regimented with it. I do it consistently, this whole process. And it's, uh, to me, it's, it's, it's life-changing. I mean, it's, this is my guy. Uh, you know, I consider myself Superman and I'm not being blown up with my ego. I have to think of myself that way because I'm me and I need to get to the next level. And in order for me to do that, I have to believe certain things. And I literally, I, I literally brainwash myself. Like I have two videos that I watch that I've created and it's all about what I've, I'm doing or what I've done or what I'm gonna achieve. And the more your mind sees it, the more you ingrain that into your DNA, into your belief system, it's gonna happen. And I've been doing this for years. It, it, as technology changed, the process in which I've done this changed. It used to just be incantations. It used to just be writing stuff out. It used to be you know me listening to a cassette tape. And then as technology changed, I just started adapting and using the technologies that were out there. and I don't know, man. It's just, it, for me, it works. It's not for everybody. Some people might be listening to this, but like, this guy's whacked out. But I believe that you really need to, um, you need to brainwash yourself for, for certain things, for certain beliefs. And you need, to, and I say brainwash, it's really just reprogramming your mind. And for me, if I don't reprogram my mind on the daily basis and program it for success and program it to be fully bodily conditioned and program it to be positive and program it to deal with issues. I know me, I know that I, I go dark quick because I'm, I'm, I am, I am, you know, all in or I'm all out. There's no dicking around. Like Billy Alvaro doesn't have a middle ground and it's a double-edged sword. And there's a lot of entrepreneurs I've been speaking to and a lot of A players, the A game, a lot of guys and girls that I've spoken to over the years that have this personality trait. And it is a double-edged sword because when I was drinking, I didn't drink a drink. I was an all fucking in drinker. Like I'm all in or all out. I don't do the little tiptoe in and check things out for a little bit. It's just not my personality style. So it is a double-edged sword, but it could, 
it could bring you to the absolute highest levels. And if you control that, that dark side and keep it in check, you know, magic could happen in life, bro. Magic. Man, I think those, those are wise words. And uh, I, I think I, I just gravitated towards you because all the things you say, I feel like I, it's the same exact thing. I mean, we, I think we even have the same sweater on. Just yeah. <laughs> But like you said, man, my one of my buddies, Mark, he was, like when I got my black belt in jujitsu, he's like, man, you don't do anything halfway. Like you do the shit out of whatever you do. And, you know, it's like you said, but I, I've always been fascinated with the mind because the same way I can pump myself up for like, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to do the shit out of this. I can take that same strong mentality and convince myself that I'm a piece of shit or I'm not going to, you know, like yes. you said, you can go dark very fast. And yep. I literally, my, my, um, my partner, Nicole, hopefully you guys to meet one day, but she, she's really smart and she picks up on a lot of things. She's got good intuition. And she just bought me this book that um, I'll, I'll shoot you a text over it. I think it's called brainwashing or watching your brain. I love but it. It's amazing. I'm like, a, I'm, I'm, I think a third of the way through the book, but I've been taking all these notes and it's amazing that you literally are making chemical connections in your brain yep. for the habits that, you know, I, I always thought, yeah, it's a routine, but I didn't realize that things become routines and autopilots not by accident, you're literally changing what your brain feels when you do certain things. So even just like you said, reprogramming, like, oh, it's going to be a bad day. These deals, go no, you change the connection, you go positive. You do that enough times, your brain will literally automatically start to do that of when this happens, this is how I feel. And I get more energy and I wake up and, you know, all those things. And, and that's where like more than ever, I've been like, man, it's not just mindset. It's, it's chemistry. It's it literally changing it your brain. So that stuff that you're saying, man, is is more relevant to me now than it's ever been. Yeah, you're, you're right. Is your partner, Nicole, your partner in business, your partner in life? Partner in business. In business. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah she's, she's one of my best <laughs> friends too. But yeah, she's cool, man. Yeah. Good, because but my girl's Nicole, so she's, oh, yeah, that's cool. my, yeah, yeah, same thing. Nice, man. Must be in the name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she's a great person. She's like A player, just pushes me. Very good. Good, good, solid individual. Nice, man. I like it. It's good to have those people around you. No doubt. But, uh, man, you, you've been awesome with your time. You know, I, I've been waiting to talk to you for a long time. I, I really love what you're doing. I love your energy. I think your story is freaking amazing, man. I'm really, uh, I feel Thanks, really grateful bro. that you came on and shared it. How do, uh, how do people find you? How do people work with you? Plug away yep. on your businesses, on your radio show, on your, on your social media, on your website. Talk yeah, absolutely. All about people, people I appreciate that. Yep. So if people want to get in touch with me, my, my website is billyalvaro.com. That's A-L-V-A-R-O, billyalvaro.com. And on there, I have links, I think, to Easy Sell Property Solutions. It's Easy Sell 411. So that's the company we have when we're buying properties. On, on uh, Billy Alvaro, we also have the white paper. We have, we're raising capital. We're doing between a five and a $10 million fund. We're going to be getting that money in. Um, on Instagram, it's the Unstoppable BA. On Facebook, it's the Unstoppable BA. On uh, LinkedIn, I think it's just uh, Billy Alvaro Invests. They could find me anywhere if I could help out anybody. It's hard for me to get back to everybody because, you know, as you can imagine with technology now, you get hit with texts and phone calls and emails and IMs and DMs. And it's <laughs> like sometimes it's just a lot to handle, but I try to respond as best I could. And, you know, I just I like not just inspiring people. I like giving people the know how that they can take themselves to where they're at, to where they want to go, whether it's in real estate or any other part of their life. And I just I love that. I could get into somebody's head and get them thinking a different way and have them believe thoughts they otherwise wouldn't have been able to believe before they had the conversation. I'm hoping for me with this, you know, we were a little bit, not all over the place, but it was really a mindset piece. I hope people get something out of it that they can take and realize that if they're in a shit situation right now, if they're going through a struggle, if they're trying to get themselves to the next level, that it really does start with conditioning of the mind, getting that chemical connection, like you said earlier with the synopsis, putting that together and having a a regimen on a daily basis to get themselves to where they want to go. And if they're consistent and they believe and they take action, because you can't be a dreamer, if they do all those things in time, what they want is going to come to fruition. They're going to get it in time. I love that, man. And the last question before I let you go, I'm sure you've been asked this a thousand times, but if you had a time machine, knowing what you know now in life, if a young Billy Alvaro came up to you and asked you for advice starting out, what advice would you give a younger you today? I love that question. I would tell the younger person to do not fear and whatever it is you want to do, start now, like start right now. And that goes for everybody that's listening to this. You don't have a time machine. You're here right now. So if you want to get to the next level, you need to fucking start now. I love it, man. Any final thoughts before we let you go? 
Bro, I just, I appreciate you. You and I are going to get to know each other. You have great energy. You're a solid human being. I love the fact that you like make things happen. You're a fighter. You got this podcast. I'm going to invite you on the, my podcast, bring you on and uh, pick your brain and have you bring your A game the way you got me to bring mine. So thanks, brother. I appreciate that, man. And I would definitely love to do that. And uh, next time I'm in New York, man, when these things start to open up, dinner on me out on Long Island, man, wherever you want to go. Yeah, I love that, brother. Absolutely. Definitely, man. Well, you have an awesome day. Thank you so much for your time. Billy Alvaro, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, bro. So what's it?